couple of teenagers score fantastic goals. Stoke stand by their manager. For now. Two new managers square off in an epic Sunday. This is the Archie Party Pod! Hello, Archie! Hello, Party. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic, and you? I am loving it because week seven's done and it was fantastic! Back after a break of international play. We can forget about that break because so much happened. You want to get right to it? Friday, Darby, Cardiff City. I predicted 2-0 win by Cardiff. I went 2-1, Darby. Final score. A 1-1 draw. Of course it was. It was such a disappointing match. Darby came out looking really strong. But then Cardiff did what they do. But not enough, because we just tied. But there were flares in an incident. The FA is investigating an incident. The stadium was evacuated before the game began. Why? Flares set off by fans. Those Cardiff fans evacuating the stadium with flares. Flares. You know, sometimes it's good when you got flare. But not in this situation. No, not when you have to leave the stadium before the game begins. Moving on this Saturday. Fulham, West Bromwich, Albion. I went 2-0 Fulham. I went 2-0 also for Fulham. And it was... A one. A one. Another draw. Another draw. And this was a disappointing draw for numerous reasons for Fulham. Because they were definitely the better team. They had almost 70% of possession. They should have got a PK at one point. But they just cannot finish their chances. What is up with Fulham? Well, Tim Ream looked amazing in the game. You know who didn't look good for Fulham? A certain goalkeeper. Bettinelli. Yes, making yet another critical mistake, saying that Charlie Austin bumped him, when really, he was just kind of passing by. Charlie Austin was really trying to uh, get the advantage there, but it was not a foul. I do think that Fulham did seem the stronger side. They're amazing players, in addition to Tim Ream. Like who? Can we call him Cessignon the Younger? Sure, by Knock- about two minutes. <laughs> Knockart, again, looking Nailed really, it. really good. Nailed it. Mitrovic. He's a star player when he chooses to be. Yeah, it, they all in all looked a great side comparatively. You know who I'm starting to wonder about? Hmm? Manager Scott Parker. Why? He did not use any subs until, I believe, after the 85th minute, and he only used two of the three. There had been some changes that obviously were causing disruption. Fulham had been dominating the match for the first hour or so. Then West Brom makes some changes. West Brom starts taking over the match. He made not a single change until way too late in the match. Fulham almost lost that. You know what I'm going to say. What you going to say? Pants were too tight, cutting off the blood to his brain. There you go. Something I got to say for West Brom, they've now come back in six of their seven matches to get at least a point. Slotten Village impressive. is doing some really good things on the staffing of that team. He's done some really good, like you pointed out, key switches at key points to keep this team fresh, keep the legs feeling young, and he's done some amazing things. That's good on them. Hall versus Wigan. I went 1-0 to Hall. I went 1-0 to Hall as well, and Which it was... Meant it was... 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. That was an exciting game. That really was a very good game. I got to say, Bowen is a poacher for Hall. 
That Grosnicki is doing amazing things. Yes, but what happens? A 17-year-old, a teenager scores an amazing goal. Joe Gullhart gets a goal for Wigan. What an exciting match. And then we had Huddersfield versus Sheffield Wednesday on Sunday. I went that it'd be nil one to Sheffield Wednesday. That's also what I said about it. It ended up nil two. Nil two, Sheffield Wednesday get the win. But why was this match so exciting? Because Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday both announced new managers. For Huddersfield, we had Danny Cowley. And for Sheffield Wednesday, they got Gary Gary Monk. Monk. If you remember, both of them were going after Cowley. But he decided to go for Huddersfield. What do you think about that? Well, Cowley is a duo, right? So he was formerly of Lincoln City, and he's a twofer. He brings his brother, Nicky, also to the coaching squad. So he got two for, well, a little over the price of one, my guess is. Gary Monk, interesting thing. If you remember from our very first show, we were talking about Birmingham and, uh, and teams without managers. They actually sacked Gary Monk in June because the owner did not like the direction that he was taking his players. And Gary and Monk they, has been without a job since that sacking. Since then, but he's here. He's ready. He's he's a former Swansea City manager. He was actually, I believe, his first gig as a manager. He was a manager player. He brings some experience, but not much success to date. No. So it'll be interesting to see what Sheffield Wednesday can get out of them. At least on the first go-round, everybody was talking about Cowley Brothers. But it's not the Cowley Brothers that strike first on that epic Sunday. It's... Gary Monk and Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday Monk. And a couple games that were not on the plus. We had Stoke versus Bristol. Oh, Stoke. Stoke, Stoke, Stoke. Why do you keep shooting yourself? I predicted that Stoke would lose, Bristol would win, 1-0 Bristol. I went 1-3 Bristol, final score. 2-1 Bristol. Yes, Bristol took it. I mean, Stoke, you had it in the fourth minute. They get a goal and they look promising. But what happened in the 12th minute? They had a player red carded for a stupid, stupid. Stupid. Their captain. Stupid, stupid, stupid move on it his part. It was just ridiculous. He does a bad. high kick. It's dangerous. It's blatantly dangerous. Studs up. It was just horrible. It was just repulsively bad. Pum their captain. Yep. And the thing about it, they were actually at Bristol's end of the pitch. So they get this right in front of Bristol's penalty box. No need for this kind of foul there. They were up 1-0 at the time. They lose their captain. They still looked pretty solid for, for a little while, but then it just goes fell the apart. way of Stoke. Mm-hmm. It just fell to pieces. And then the worst of all, own goal. Gave the game away with an own goal. How very Stoke. I just got to wonder, how patient is Stoke's management group? Well, their current manager is saying, I don't know how long they'll be patient with me. So that was Stokes Day, Middlesbrough Reading on Saturday. I believe I went 1-1 draw. I predicted that Reading would win 1-0. Final score. Flip it. Middlesbrough won 1-0. And it was the 500th game at the Riverside Stadium. Marvin Johnson got the winning goal that will not live on as an epic goal of 500 at the stadium because it was a pretty crap goal. But it still gives them the win, so that's pretty exciting. 
Another match that we didn't predict, but just to mention, Charlton Athletic celebrated 100 years at their stadium, the Valley, and unfortunately they were defeated by Birmingham. But who got that goal? 16-year-old teenage striker Jude Bellingham scoring the game winner in outstanding fashion. You don't think Jude's going to start getting some serious talk from the English national team, do you? So that with that, it crushed uh, Charlton's unbeaten streak. Similarly, this weekend, Swansea, their unbeaten streak also crushed. Comes to an end. So let's talk a little bit about U.S. players. Sure. We had Anthony Robinson for Wigan. He looked good. He was pushing forward, playing well for Wigan. And who was he pushing forward against? American Eric Lehigh. Captain of the Tigers of Hall City. He went a full 90 in that 2-2 draw with Wigan. Then you had Timmy Root. Timmy started with the full 90 in the 1-1 draw against West Brom on Saturday. He looked so impressive, or as I just like to say, he looked like Timmy Rame. <laughs> Beard was fully majestic. Cameron Carter Vickers. <gasps> Cameron Carter Vickers. <gasps> Unfortunately, the man plays for Stoke. <gasps> but he's pushing it. He went the full 90. He got beat on a second goal, but he was all over the pitch. He even had diving header while lying on the ground. It was an impressive day for a unimpressive team. Cameron Carter Vicker. We also had a derby. Dwayne Holmes. He played 81 minutes for their 1-1 draw with Cardiff. He was uh, doing a lot of attacking play and willingness to take the ball at opponents. Jeff Cameron for QPR, who's coming off an injury. He just was on the bench, did not make the pitch. And Matt Miazga of Reading is still out with a hamstring injury. No timeline for his return. So that's how the U.S. players looked in the beautiful EFL Championship League. A moment ago, we were talking about Charlton versus Birmingham, but there was an exciting moment we did not cover in that match. What happened there, RG? It was testy, Bargy. Oh, no, not a testy match. It was a testy match. Lee Boyer was red-carded for throwing a stray ball. Walk me through how this happened, Archie. So he's on the side with his team, managing, giving direction, and he notices a stray ball gets on the pitch. Allegedly thrown from Birmingham City's bench. He goes over, he gets the stray ball, and he goes, hey, Birmingham, is this your ball? And they say, yeah, yeah that's our ball. But to give it back, he throws it in a way that the refs say was aggressive. Now, he says, I was 20 meters away. Of course, I had to throw it aggressively. It wouldn't have gotten there. That it's not a tennis ball. It's a big ball. And he gets red carded. Similarly, Pep Clotet, Birmingham City manager, was also given a yellow card. If you watch it, if you watch the playback, he definitely does throw the ball with a little bit of aggression. But like he was saying, I don't know if it was 20 yards, but there was some distance on it. Other than stepping out of the technical area, I don't think he did anything that bad. And, and the ball didn't hit anyone. Oh, no. And he kept saying, where's the rule? Where's the rule that I had to if I step out of the technical area to return a ball? Red card. The table. Who stands at the top of the table? Last week, I believe a Welsh side... Swansea was at the top of the table, but not anymore. Leeds, top of the table with 
Swansea right at their heels in the second spot. Both of them have 16 points, but the main thing is the goal difference, which is favorable to Leeds. They have a nine goal difference versus Swansea at seven. So Leeds is in top spot. But if this was the end of the season, automatic promotion would see Leeds and Swansea go directly up to that division above. Who would be in the playoff spots three, four, five, and six? Charlton, Bristol, Preston, and West Brom. Those are four teams that perhaps were not in my predictions. Charlton and Bristol both stand at 14 points. Preston and West Brom's both stand at 13. But who's right outside of the top six? Clamoring at the gates, QPR and Birmingham. QPR, surprise. Exciting surprise in my world. Birmingham, also kind of surprising. QPR has a plus one goal difference. West Brom has a plus three. Preston has a plus six, but all four of those teams, Preston, West Brom, QPR, Birmingham, sit on 13 points from seven matches. What's the difference between top of the table and 12th mid table? Six points. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Sitting bottom, no surprise if you listen at all to Archie Bargy Pod. Stoke, dead last, negative 10, goal difference, one point. Next to dead last, Huddersfield. Negative eight goal difference, one point. Taking in the third from the bottom spot. Barnsley. Barnsley on five points, negative seven. Just barely sneaking out of that spot. Wigan at five points, negative seven goal difference, but with more goals scored. So you can see it's a big battle at the bottom. What's the difference between last place and mid table? Nine points. So a bit more difference between that and top of the table, mid table already starting to come together. I think this is what we're starting to see is there's a gap starting to form at the very top, but there's a bigger gap forming at the bottom. What do you think it means? I think it's early days still though. Managers start having to make choices, deciding what their starting lineups are going to look like, make some hard choices when top players need to be rested. This is where the interesting days of the championship emerge. So that's what the table looks like. Match day eight, Coming up, we do not have any Friday matches, but we do have many Saturday matches. Who's on the plus? ESPN Plus! On the plus, Leeds versus Derby. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. I see Leeds just completely dominating this match. 3-1 the Leeds. What's your guess, Argy? I also guessed, Bargy, that Leeds would win, but I went a little bit less aggressive, a little bit more modest, with a 2-1 defeat over Derby. Then we have Cardiff versus Middlesbrough. Ooh, this one, I'm going 2-2. I think Cardiff having the home pitch advantage, 1-0 win over Middlesbrough. We'll see. On Saturday, but not on the plus, Millwall versus QPR. What do they call these kind of games? Mm, A derby. A derby within London. Who do you think is going to take this one at Millwall at the den? Unfortunately, I think Millwall. I think Millwall will have a 1-0 victory just because they're Millwall. I'm going 2-1 QPR. Oh, I would love to see that. I think QPR's got this one. They've been very impressive. We also have Luton versus Hall. It's a bottom of the table smash down. Who do you think's going to take it? I have a 1-1 draw. I also have a 1-1 draw because it just seemed destined for that. They both desperately need a victory. Neither one's going to get it. Who do we got on Sunday? On the plus! On the plus, we have Slavin Bilic's West Bromwich Albion versus new manager side Huddersfield Town. Ooh, who could it be? You know, the Down Abbey movie is coming out this weekend, and 
Crawley sounds a lot like Cowley. <laughs> I think that despite the Cowley brothers, West Bromwich Albion has this in the bag to nil. If they are to show themselves to be the outstanding managers that everyone hoped them to be for Huddersfield, then this is the game where they can make that known. I do not believe that will happen. I'm going 3-0 West Brom. That's how I see Week 8. Are you excited about it, RG? I'm very excited for Week 8. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching it with you. If you like what you hear, please like us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to email us at rgbargypod at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook. Thank you very much. Good night, RG! Good night, Bargy! Good night, Bargy!